Exposition can serve as an explanation. It's all in the arrangement. Make them want the exposition so that when you give it, it answers the questions they already possess. Chuck Wendig. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. All month long, we have been telling you, don't info dump. This episode, we're going to be talking about when it's actually okay to info dump a little bit. We do have some qualifications for what a good info dump looks like, because I feel like we all kind of know what a bad info dump looks like by now. We've been talking about it all month. These things where you have a big long chapter or a paragraph of something that's not relevant, it feels like homework to the reader, you're doing a whole lot of telling to very little showing. But a good info dump should have this handful of traits that will help you make a bad info dump good or know if it's okay to leave in. The first thing is that your info dump needs to be short-lived. It is a very, very short thing. You can include a lot of information in a sentence or two, if you do it right. A lot of this is setting up for later questions, something that is a broad topic, a big swath of magic works by using energy built up when humans sleep. And how that works, we can talk about later. Something short that will give the reader context to actually start asking questions. It's that foundation that we talked about in the magic system. You have an info dump really quickly to lay out the foundation, and then later on you fill in the gaps. How short is short? I would say two sentences. Your readers really only pay attention to the first sentence in a paragraph and the last sentence in the paragraph. The rest of it, if they're like one and two word sentences, they might, but... When you're giving information, keep it to two sentences as much as possible because your reader is going to lose anything in between. If you have to do more, break it up. We will be talking about that a little bit more in our next episode that releases Monday. But in general, good rule of thumb, two to three sentences, very short-lived. The next thing that an info dump should be is hyper-specific. For this, I'm going to use the example of introducing a pantheon of gods to your readers. You can say he's in the middle of the square in the religious district, and he's looking at this, this, and this, and this one. You can say, this church is all about this and give a big paragraph. And then he looks at the next building. This church is all about this and gives a big explanation. Your readers aren't going to remember that. So if you say, yes, there are a bunch of gods out there, We can assume there's one of harvest and one of sunshine, blah, blah, blah. But he's only going to go into the church of knowledge and go in there and have a conversation with one of the acolytes, have this hyper-specific element introduced to the readers, and then the rest of it can come later when it's relevant to the character. Or the rest of it is simply implied. The last thing I wanted to mention about the hyper-specificity of your info dump is that's not going to be your first one when introducing a concept. Your concept is going to be extra, extra broad with zero specifics. Then later on, you can get into the specifics. So in Mistborn, Kelsier is saying, hey, we eat these vials of metal and then we burn the metal that fuels our magic. Super broad. 
And then we're going to go to him and he's going to teach us how to consume pewter and it's going to be cool. We're going to learn this hyper-specific facet of this broad thing we mentioned earlier. Another tip for your information dumps, just like the quote at the beginning said, is that your information dump, your exposition, needs to be an answer to something. It needs to resolve a question that was asked by a character or by the readers. The readers need to want that answer before you answer it. 98% of the time when I'm annoyed by an info dump, it's because I have no emotional context for the information being given to me. Whether it's the history of the world, whether it's this particular character's backstory and why they have this particular personality trait, whatever it is, if I don't care, I'm not going to retain any of it. You might as well cut it out of the story. In my current story, near the beginning, in one of the first chapters, I had kind of a paragraph worth of explanation about the five gods. At least put it into a context where she shows up at this abandoned shrine that has a statue to each of the five gods. In my rewrite, I took all of that out and only mentioned the god that was important to her, or in this case, goddess that's important to her, because it's her patron goddess, the one that gave her her powers and sets up the rest of the context for the world that hates her. So I trimmed it way down to answer the question that a lot of people have of why is she being chased? Why do people hate her because she's a necromancer? If you think about the Lord of the Rings, a large portion of the people who dislike those novels dislike it because of these massive info dumps about Legolas's great-grandfather and his interaction with the dwarves way back when, blah, 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 blah. And then we get back to the Fellowship of the Ring and all of that. It's fun in, like, the Silmarillion because we know it's, like, an addition with all this extra information on it. But it can be very laborious to read, especially the first time through. And that leads us to our next point for how to do a good info dump. You have to ask yourself the question, is it vital to understanding the conclusion of the story? I removed all the references to the other gods and the explanations of them because it wasn't vital to understanding that part of the story. I will explain some of the other gods a little bit later when it becomes important, when it does become vital. And the last thing that I wanted to mention about what a good info dump would have is it would be entertaining, if at all possible. I recently read a book where the character, I think he did the equivalent of stubbing his toe. And instead of saying what we view as swear words, he started swearing by the names of all the gods he doesn't follow. So we got a big list of gods. We didn't know who any of them were. Later on, we'll be introduced to the ones that are plot relevant, but it's an entertaining way to give a whole bunch of information at once. I like to make it entertaining by making that info dump a story, a little story within a story, so that there is some drama, there is some excitement to having that explanation in there. Give it some dramatic tension if you have a character explaining their history. Give it some reason, some element of storytelling that makes it entertaining. Another way to make it entertaining is to make it part of a culture or at least part of a character. 
in the Game of Thrones series, the characters say, I'm swearing by the old gods and the new. That's how I make a promise. So we know there are two different sets of gods going on at war within what's happening, even though that's not directly relevant to the conversation they're having. They're saying, I promise on my mother's life. The equivalent of that is, I swear by the old gods and the new. That's a really, really good example of a lot of information in a very short sentence. You get a lot of information about the context of the culture, the world, the beliefs that these people have by simply saying those seven words. If you're looking for a way to make an info dump an interesting part of your world because you have a lot to explain about how the world works and it all is necessary, there are a couple of things you can do to make it a theme throughout your story. In the book I'm reading right now, He Who Fights With Monsters, it has a video game mechanic to it. So literally, he can just go to the help menu whenever he needs an explanation of something. It's a mechanic within the story that allows him to kind of info dump without bringing us out of the story and boring us. Another good example of this is Hermione in Harry Potter, always going to the library and coming back to regurgitate information at the characters. She does a lot of info dumping about the history of Hogwarts because she read the book and is constantly saying, haven't you read this book? But you can do that with your characters. They have access to the internet or a library or somewhere where they can find information that they need. So you have that opportunity of as they read this news article, you're getting an info dump in that entertaining way, that story within a story. Another mechanic you can have is simply a choice that the character makes. Your superhero character always has the police scanner on in the background somehow. So they're always kind of passively listening. And sometimes that information is useful, sometimes it's not. But that's a part of the character's personality that can then help you info dump while making it still part of the scene, part of the story. Overall, you just need to make sure that the reader needs the information before you give it. That helps the progression feel natural. So the progression in The Chamber of Secrets it's not a surprise to us that Harry and Ron find a crumpled piece of paper in her hand that talks about the basilisk after she's been petrified. That totally feels natural that Hermione would have gone and done the research on that. The part that feels unnatural is the fact she ripped a page out of the library book, but there's a whole fun theory about that one. Yes, because Rowling knew exactly what she was doing every step of the way. This information dump that we get about a basilisk is totally natural within the context of this character's story and her choices and what she would do. So you can do that within your story. It needs to be a natural progression of that character's arc, of what that character would choose. In our backstory episode, our last episode, we talked a little bit about not sharing backstory until it becomes relevant, and then sometimes you'll have somebody else share those elements of backstory. So you build that tension by withholding information until the reader desperately wants to know what is in their history that made them this way. Once you reach that tension point, then you can give them the information that they want. And it feels natural to do it that way. 
So ultimately, if it feels unnatural and you aren't quite sure what to do with it, look either backward or forward. Can this information wait? Or is there an opportunity to have introduced the question a couple chapters back so that now we can answer it? As a plotter, I'm going to say this, that's going to be your tool is looking at it outside of your immediate timeline and go, where is the best place to put half of this information so that the other half feels natural? One of your best tools for answering the question that you present will be a Greek chorus. When you info dump, it is so much better if you have a character who either doesn't like the information dump or who is on the receiving end of that information dump that can be the placeholder for the readers asking the questions. So if you're talking to me all about Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere and this and that, and I go, wait, wait, I thought you said that this character did that. And then you go, yeah, that's because his wife, blah, blah, blah. Having the me character helps you explain the actual information that we're trying to convey to the third party of the audience. And having the third character, in this case, the you character, also helps break up the unloading. No one wants to sit in this podcast and listen to me talk about Brandon Sanderson for days. I would. But Lee helps break it up so that I don't. And our poor people at our writing club, if you're ever late, they hear me monologue for however long it takes you to get there because I don't have you to break up and help guide the conversation. So having another character who is a reflection of the audience's emotions within the scene is always going to be helpful in conveying this information. You can have a character who doesn't like the information dump, who is making dramatic eye rolls and sighs that the reader can align with. That information is important. It's vital for the story. So you still need to explain it. You still need to dump it. But you have that character making snide remarks the entire time, breaking it up a bit. Or you can have the character, like Lee said, reminding of the past information, going, wait, didn't you say this? And that also helps break it up or remind the main character and get them back on track. Personally, in my own writing, when you see a character saying that, that's probably because either an alpha or a beta reader said, wait, I'm confused here. So I have a character also be confused here so I can explain it and then we can all move on. That can be a reflection of your beta readers because you as the author know everything that's going on. You know the band geeks are sitting over here. So to have the new friend introduce them around the cafeteria and then the new guy go, wait, I thought you said the band geeks were over there. They go, no, 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 those are the D&D nerds. The band geeks are over there. That can help make it a moment between the characters because, of course, we have opinions and we have personalities coming through. And we also have the information that you're conveying to the readers. Ultimately, if you must do an info dump, the enter button, the paragraphing, is your friend. The shorter the paragraphs, the easier it is to consume. When you have those shorter paragraphs that are broken up, that you have a call and response with your dialogue, those shorter bits are easier to consume, even if those short bits come in long chunks. You eat an elephant one bite at a time. A lot of this is a psychological trick to trick your readers into reading and consuming a lot more information before they realize they're being info dumped on. 
And if all of your beta readers say, here's where I recognize that I'm being info dumped, stop it one sentence prior to that. Overall, avoid the info dump as much as possible. Make anything that you share very short, very precise, and very vital to the overall story, to the plot. Of course, when it comes to characters, you want to add other details in so that they feel complete as a character, but never in an info dump. Info dumps are very tricky things. So if you, in your reading, if, so you, in your writing, if in your writing you have info dumps, make sure to ask your beta readers and your alpha readers, hey, is this too much information? Is there too much going on here? Do I need to trim it out? What don't you care about in this segment? Coming up next week, we're going to be talking about how characters can info dump within dialogue. I read a short story recently where it was one character telling another character about events that had happened prior to that conversation. The entire story was an info dump, and it was difficult to keep track of and more importantly, difficult to care about. Just because we put it in quotes doesn't solve the problem. So next episode, we're talking about dialogue. And then the episode after that, we're going to be finishing it off with our favorite kind of info dump possible, the villain monologue. Don't leave just yet, though. We're not done yet. We need to get into a little bit of housekeeping. Kind of explain what we have moving forward and what we've got new for writing roots. First off, we need to let you know we are taking July off. There won't be any new episodes released during July. This allows us as authors and as storytellers to continue to grow and experience and be authors who are students of storytelling, even though we are teachers in this particular capacity. We get to continue to learn, get to continue to grow, and get to double down and focus on what our writing projects are. It also allows you, the listener, to pick out your favorite episodes and practice the skills that we info dump on you every week. In July, also, we are going to be having a digital virtual writing retreat. This is intended to be a staycation. So if you're listening to this episode on the day that we're releasing it and you haven't taken July 12th through the 16th off from work, put that time off request in as soon as possible so you can join us and make your writing a priority. Make your work in progress, your project, a priority. Help yourself grow through this week-long writing retreat in your own home. To give you an idea of what we've got planned, we are going to be doing writing blitzes in the mornings. We will be doing those in person for those who are in the Reading area, but we will also have our Discord channel, which I'll talk about a little bit more in a second. We'll have a sprint going on our Discord channel at the same time, so you can still participate. You can still be part of the writing blitz for the retreat, even if you can't be here in person. In the afternoons, we're going to have visual versions of podcast episodes where a couple of times we'll be teaching together and sometimes we'll have separate facets of the topic of the day. So there will be a visual element to the education. This is more of a school classroom environment than the writing aspect of it. That's before and sometimes after. But the afternoons are really to take your writing to the next level. 
We will be doing these, I think, either on Zoom or Discord. We're still working out the very specifics of that, which we'll let you know when it becomes relevant. But it will give you an opportunity to participate, to ask questions as we go through the discussion, because we do want it to be a discussion more than a lecture. And then in the evenings, because we are nerds and we want to have fun, we are going to have D&D sessions and we will have these open online. We'll probably use Roll20 and allow people to play characters and do a couple of one shots or two shots, whatever, in the evenings. You can either bring your own character or we will provide a character for you. This is to help you get in the mindset of a collaborative storytelling effort and to take the pieces that you've learned throughout the day and apply them to the story that we're all working on together at night. We will be releasing more specifics about exact times and schedules over the next couple of weeks on our Instagram, our Facebook, and in our Discord channel. And I want to talk about that real quick. We have a Discord channel. If you go to our Instagram page or our Facebook page, there's a link tree link there. And the Discord channel should be one of the first links that you can click on through that link tree. And you can join the server. We've got channels on there to discuss story. We've got channels to run sprints that you can start and do anytime you want. We've got other resources. That's where we'll be posting a lot of announcements. That's where we're going to have the blitzes for the retreat and possibly the live streams for our lessons. So we really want you to join us on there. It is open for everybody. There are rules, but it should be fun. I have spent a bit of time getting this channel set up so that it should be a good experience for everybody involved. And I'm hoping to do Word Wars eventually. So we're going to have a Lee team and a Lee team. And my team's going to write more words than you in a month. Uh, no. (laughs) That might be down the road, and we'll figure that out eventually. If you were with us last year when we were moving studios and we took a break at that time, you might remember we released once a week extended episodes. We're going to do that again this time. That was very popular last time. So if you have a specific extended episode you want to hear more about, Go ahead and let us know and we'll make sure we release that and stay tuned on wherever you listen to the podcast because we will still be active. They just will be extended episodes instead of new episodes. Of course, if you're really hoping and we don't get around to releasing a particular extended episode, we do have extended versions of a lot of the episodes we've done in the past. If you have a favorite and you want that version that has a little more detail, shoot us an email. We have that available. We'd be more than happy to share it with you. Or join our Discord channel and ask us there because we are both very involved there. I can't stop promoting the Discord channel. (laughs) Another way that you can use our Discord channel or Discord server is to help us schedule our episodes for August. In August, it is going to be our third anniversary of this podcast. We are very excited. We've been working very hard on this. It's been challenging, but we've really enjoyed it. To celebrate our third anniversary, we're going to be doing a redo. I know I can say personally, I'm not the same author I was three years ago. I am definitely not the same author I was three years ago because three years ago I was only an editor. We have both learned so much just from researching in order to answer questions from you guys, the listeners, and from finding more details and going deeper down those rabbit holes to learn more about storytelling. Also, in the first couple of seasons, we were still finding our groove in how we were going to bounce off each other, still trying to figure out what exactly we were talking about. 
We covered some very broad topics in a very short amount of time. Because of the growth that we've gone through, we want to reapproach some of these classic episodes and give a fresh new insight into what it means to study this particular facet. This is where you come in. If we have covered a topic, if we have an episode that you want to learn more about, if you want us to redo that episode, shoot us an email, get us on Discord, get us on social media, let us know what that episode is so that we can redo it in August. And of course, if you haven't followed us on social media, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook, follow us there, we post updates. I do my best to try to post when we have new episodes out. I'm not the best at it, but I try. Of course, to make sure you're staying as up-to-date as possible, wherever you're listening to this, make sure you've subscribed, you follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever. And if you want to help other authors learn and grow by listening to this podcast, leave a review. Just a quick, hey, these guys are awesome, or Lee is totally cooler than Lee. Whatever you want to leave as a review, go ahead and put that in there, and we would love to both personally take that feedback and improve the podcast but that also helps other authors in your position find us so interact with us we love answering questions we love being involved we love helping everybody in their efforts to write selfishly if you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.